Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this very special edition of the Klaus of the Heart podcast. I'm Jason Klaus. And uh, let me just say right out of the gate, um, I am not really sure what kind of tone and what kind of direction this episode is going to go. I'm sure it's going to be all over the board. It is, without a doubt, the most emotional recording that I've done since launching the podcast. Um, And let me just say at the top of the show here just how much I and my family appreciate um, all of the the support that we have been getting, um, the well wishes, the condolences, um, the cards, voicemails, text messages, Facebook messages, um, donations to a fundraiser, uh, the word thank you just doesn't seem to be enough. Um, those of you who follow me on social media, whether it be through Facebook or, uh, Twitter, um, whether you know me on a personal level or, um, you know me strictly through one of my other entertainment-based endeavors, whether it be the Michigan Wrestling Organization or the Klaus to the Heart Projects. Uh, you know uh, by now, I'm sure, that um, we lost my brother, Jeff, on April 11th, very suddenly, very shockingly. And... Um, my whole family is, you know, a week and a half, almost two weeks after the fact, are still rattled um, by by all of this. Uh, nobody's seen this coming. It seems unfathomable. And everybody in my family is dealing with it in different ways. Um, this is just nothing short of a tragedy on so many levels. For me, personally, you know, he, uh, this is my first time trying to get some sort of new content, at least on the podcast. Um, I haven't been able to sit down and, and even think about recording something or writing something or my own kind of personal tribute to my brother, my best friend. You know, the guy that was just, he had his hands in every, just about every part of my life, except for where we work. I, uh, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole thing, but I, but I knew that upon returning to recording podcasts or attempting to, um, that the 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 first the first one out would be some sort of a tribute to my brother and just what an amazing guy he was like uh you know there's so many people right now who are dealing with losses of of families and friends uh whether it be to this damn virus or, you know, other causes. And uh, it just seems like this is just one 
long, drawn-out nightmare on so many levels across the board. Um, losing somebody close to you, um, you know, it makes you reevaluate things. It makes you reevaluate life. It makes you reevaluate how you go about life, how you look at it. Um, my brother, man, he um, he was a guy that lived life on the edge of a lightning bolt. Um, he went through and did things that um, some people just would not believe. But he did it to live life to the fullest in the way that he saw fit. And, um, you know, it's a wonder in some aspects just how he how he didn't have a have a criminal record <laughs> you know he uh, he he did he did some goofy shit during during the day you know back in the day and um i guess you know going through this there there's just such a a potpourri of of feelings there's you know obviously sadness you know just heartbreak like you wouldn't believe um anger a lot of anger man i i haven't been this angry in quite some time for a number of reasons in dealing with this and in experiencing this um it's man yeah it's it's so difficult to put into words um, what, what we're feeling, those who have been affected by Jeff's passing, it is difficult to come up with the words to try to categorize the, the variety of feelings that go into something like this. Um, my, my experiences with Jeff are mine and my own. I mean, he was my little brother. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know why, but I, I remember seeing him take his first steps. That is an image that is ingrained in my brain. Um, I, I mean, I, I can remember him holding on to my mom's fingers and him taking, you know, his first vertical steps. And, uh, you know, like any little brother, any little sibling, um, you know, they will test the waters some more often than others, but, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll push the buttons to see how far, you know, they can go before they get the reaction that they're looking for. My brother was no exception to this, <laughs> and, uh, he took a lot of pride in driving me absolutely crazy at part at different times of our childhood. But man, I'll tell you, looking back, um, I couldn't have, I couldn't imagine having another childhood than the one that I had with him. Um, we had two very hardworking parents who did everything they could for us. 
we had, um, you know, a lot of times we had just ourselves, just he and I, because we, we didn't live in a big city. We lived in a small, you know, country-based town. Um, yeah, I mean, we played with the neighbors and stuff like that, but, you know, it, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, kids around that was our age, you know, and a lot of times, you know, it was my brother and me. I want some of my favorite memories growing up was walking a quarter of a mile up Pratt Road to our friends Dave and Cheryl Burns' house to go swimming in, in their pool every summer. I mean, that was just such a huge part of our childhood and spending time with the Burns family. Um, who were very close friends with, with my parents. So, you know, we kind of all became, you know, one big family, you know, and the word family, I have no doubt, is going to be used in a variety of different ways throughout the course of, of this broadcast here. Um, but we lived across the street from a cemetery, uh, we lived on the corner of Pratt Road and Green Corners Road, and on the, I mean, directly right across the street. You can look out my bedroom window, and you would see the cemetery there. And Jeff and I spent a lot of time um, just walking the grounds there and looking at the different tombstones and, you know, all the different people who had been laid to rest there, some of which we knew, other ones. You know, obviously we didn't, you know, and we saw a variety of different people and, and, and tombstones and dates on them. I mean, some of them, my goodness, you know, early 20th century. And it was just, we spent a lot of time in there and we kind of gained this appreciation for uh, the other side of life, as they say. Um, I don't know, it was, it was just kind of a weird fascination that he and I had. Um, you know, as we got older, um, you know, I started coming into my own, trying, you know, figuring out who and what I was going to be. He was doing the same thing. He was three years younger than I am. Um... So, I mean, I kind of had a jump start as to, you know, kind of figuring out how the world worked and whether or not I wanted, you know, how I was going to approach that. As the years went on, clearly, um, he did not follow the path that I, uh, I seemingly had kind of set. Um... And a lot of contributors come into the, you know, come into play there. Like we, once I started getting into high school and stuff like that, you know, I had my friends, he had his, and, um, <laughs> he, um, he, I, I, you know, it's safe to say that he got the looks and the charm of the two of us, you know, he, I, I got the more, more compassion and, 
um, patience to some degree, you know, that's what I got. But, uh, you know, when I was in school and, and I've mentioned this before, I was, I was not very popular until I got into my senior year. Whereas Jeff had always been popular. Um, all the girls just, just loved him to death and all the guys wanted to hang out with him. He had to wear, the designer pants and the designer shirts and really had to look the part, whereas I was perfectly fine going to school in a pair of Levi's and a WWF t-shirt. Um, he, he just, uh, you know, he was always very popular. Um, and that would eventually... Uh, play play a part into why he uh, may not have been the best student in school because he was more uh, more focused on being popular than he was getting good grades. Now, that's not to say he was a crappy student. I'm just saying um, he could have probably got a lot higher GPA if he had spent that kind of time focusing on his studies than um, where, where he ranked on the popularity chart, but that, I mean, that was him, you know, and I, you know, I get it because there were, you know, several instances throughout the course of, you know, my childhood where I, where I would admire how popular he was and how I found myself wishing that I had that, that status, that level of popularity. Um, but, it just goes to show that you know everybody is unique and and different in their own way and uh whereas Jeff may have been the better looking one, the more charming one, the more popular one, you know as I mentioned before, I was the more patient one, the more compassionate one, the more the one that would you know take time to actually look at what the situation was and you know kind of come up with how I was going to tackle that, that certain situation, whereas, you know, Jeff was open mouth and think about it later, which didn't always pan out in his favor, as you would imagine. Um, but I can't ever, you know, I'm... I'm sitting in my office right now and I'm looking around and I've, you know, with the quarantine, you know, the, the stay at home order and everything, um, we've really been trying to make an effort into getting the house in order, you know, finding a place for everything. And, um, especially for me, because I have so much, I have accumulated so much crap <laughs> I mean, I have 25 years of MWO history in boxes and totes and things of this nature. Um, things that, you know, from move to move, I've just shoved into boxes or stuffed into this tote. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. Um, my office... Um, looks like a combination of a toy store that had gone out of business, of a video store, and just a bunch of miscellaneous things going on. But as, as I started going through boxes and I started emptying things out and really, you know, making decisions on what stays and what gets thrown away, I came across so many 
reminders of my brother, of our childhood. And, uh, you know, on just about every wall in my office, there is a picture of him and me in some sort of capacity. Um, a lot of it is is relating to our our time in the MWO, which was something that, you know, to me... It means it's uh, so much more than just a wrestling promotion. Um, this company, um, you know, Jeff was on board with it in in the beginning, but in at no fault do I blame him. You know, he he lost he lost the desire, he lost hope that I would be able to make something uh, out of the MWO. And, um, you know, he wound up leaving the company for quite a considerable amount of time just because he just, it wasn't something he chose to spend his time on. He didn't see a whole lot in, in its future. And, and, you know, there were times where I didn't either, but at the same time, you know, I knew that I wanted it to be something. And, um, while in, after he had left the company, he and I went a considerable amount of time without really communicating, except for, you know, like the holidays. It wasn't like we were in this feud or whatever, or that we were, you know, that we hated each other. It was nothing like that. It was just, um, you know, I was doing my thing and he was doing his. Um. I just, uh, you know, my focus was on building the wrestling company, and that's all I wanted to do. Um, he started kind of hanging out with um, an alternative crowd of people, friends of his, that I didn't necessarily agree with. And, um, you know, the kind of group that you worry about, your, you know, your brother hanging around because... You didn't want him to get mixed up in unlawful activity and wound up in jail or hurt or worse. You know, I it was something that I really, um, I was really concerned about. And I actually had a conversation with him about it. And, um, you know, he pretty much told me to go piss off. And that was the last time that I had heard from him for quite some time. But like I said, you know, holidays would roll around. We It wasn't like we couldn't be in the same house at the same time. We just, you know, it was very, it was distant, I guess. Um, that all changed in 2001. I was getting ready for the Summer Smash 2001 show at the Masonic Center in Clio. And uh, Jeff had called me the night before, and we had to, at this point we had started talking, you know, on a more frequent basis. Still hadn't really really seen each other, but you know, just kind of calling, you know, checking in, checking up, whatever. And I had mentioned to him, hey, you know, I got this show coming up tomorrow in Clio. Um, you know, I've got a you know a new roster of talent and. Um, you know, we're really starting to, you know, have, have really good shows. I think it was, I think it'd be something you'd be interested in. 
you know, why, why don't you come out and check it out? And he's like, I don't know, man, you know, I'm kind of over the whole wrestling thing and blah, 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 which I, which, you know, again, I understood. Um, I, uh, didn't think he was going to come, to be honest with you. And, um, and he did. I, I didn't see him before the show, but uh, somebody had come back to the locker room and said, hey, I think your brother is sitting in the crowd. And uh, I looked on the monitor backstage and the camera was kind of on the crowd and he was like right center of the screen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he made it. And I, um, <laughs> we did the show and... Um, after afterwards while we were breaking everything down breaking the ring down and all that um he came up to me in the in the lobby of the masonic center and said i am so proud for what you have turned this into and i really want to be a part of this and on that day from that day forward he never looked back and um he was he was a mainstay uh, you know for the MWO he became such a polarizing and popular figure superstar he was a superstar in every sense of the word um whether he was a heel or a babyface he really embraced whatever role he was fa facilitating on the show and uh, he would go on and become part of uh, the IWE roster up in Houghton Lake. And there, too, became a larger-than-life, in every sense of the words, superstar. And uh, it, it really, I was, it made me so proud to see him living out his own dreams of being a wrestling star and and not just for the MWO but he had an opportunity to do it in two different promotions two separate promotions um two different fan bases and uh, you know you really got a grasp of how important he was to IWE as well because I it may have been the next day it may have been Easter Sunday or or Monday, um, just a couple of days after he had passed away, that uh, several fans had sent IWE these these little videos of chanting "Thank you, Jeff, Thank you, Jeff," and you know I was like, wow, so amazing. I mean, for several days after he passed, I couldn't scroll through. Facebook, you know, the news feed. I mean, every single thing that popped up on my, on my news feed had something to do with Jeff. And that was just such a testament to who and what he was to people. No idea. He had no idea just how universally... Um, appreciated and loved he was by his fan base 
you know, my brother, and I said it on one of the Facebook videos, he's one of those people, you either loved him or, or you hated him, you know, there really wasn't a lot of, of in between in there, and if you were, if you hated him, it, it was because you didn't take time, more often than not, it was because you didn't take time to get to know him, to understand him, to understand his his little quirks, his sense of humor, very sarcastic sense of humor. It's going to be one of the things I'm going to miss most. Um, I just, uh, I, I was just so appreciative for the outpouring of support for his wife, Melissa, you know. Uh, especially who you can imagine, man, just, you know, her whole world is just turned right upside down. Just, just like all of ours are in, in, in some regards, um, certainly not on the same level as, you know, a wife grieving the loss of her husband or a father grieving the loss of his son or a brother grieving the loss of his best friend. And, um, you know, then you th take the kids into consideration, you know, his son Cameron, his stepson Noah, um, you know, there's huge voids in, in those kids' lives right now, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's absolutely heartbreaking, and it's so sad, because J Jeff was at a point to where he was really starting to turn his life around and I attribute a lot of that to Melissa because um, their time together may not have been nearly as long as what should have been I mean in, in my opinion but man oh man what an impact that that woman had made on on my brother and, um, you know, I, I remember thinking, you know, in all honesty, you know, when he said, Hey, what are you doing? Call, he called me up on a Thursday, I think he said, Hey, what are you doing next Friday? And yeah, I was like, well, I got going to have to work, you know, blah, blah. This is before the stay at home, um, order and, you know, th the coronavirus had become a thing. And, uh, he's like, well, uh, I'm I'm getting married next Friday. I'm gonna kind of need you there. <laughs> you know, just very nonchalant about it. I just, uh, you know, I I knew that they were dating, and you know, all I knew that he was crazy about her, but I didn't realize it was on that level because my brother had always said that he would never ever get married again. Um, after uh, things did not work out the first time around. And, uh, I was, I was stunned that, you know, this is where he was at in, in his life. You know, my brother was always a very easy, easy, pretty much an easy going dude. Um, didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the not so fun parts of life, such as bills and, um, you know, things of that nature, he just, that just wasn't a priority, you know, live life now, and then answer questions for it later, you know, was kind of his MO for a long time, but, um, you know, in, in some, in some aspects, he was fairly irresponsible, I mean, let's, 
call a spade a spade. That's basically what it was. You know, he just didn't uh, <clears throat> didn't really spend a whole lot of time worrying about you know the taking care of adult obligations for a period of time there. Um, but he started to turn all that around. He really had a renewed focus on life. He really, um, the way I guess I would describe it was he finally started to grow up. And uh, <coughs> really started to becoming the man that I had been waiting for him to become. And, um, and I, I know my heart of hearts that, that Melissa is in, in her being in his life was a, a direct reason why that was. And, uh, man, they were, they were something else together. You know, yeah, I mean, you can just tell the love that those two had for, for, have for one another. Um, my dad's side of the family, we all got together last October. We went down to Pigeon Forge in Tennessee. And um, it was a great big, like, family reunion that had been centered around my aunt's birthday. And uh, my, you know, my cousins from down south, um, Florida, Arkansas, uh, Texas, um, had all, you know, we had, we had all converged on Pigeon Forge, and uh, Jeff and, and, and Melissa were with us, and man, oh man, it, we we had so much fun down there, and and that's one one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about since April 11th was, you know, we had that time together, we got to experience that time together. And uh, there were more than a couple occasions where my brother and I just had time by ourselves sitting on a balcony on, on, in this house that uh, we all rented and uh, just kind of looking back on, on how great our lives have been and uh, just how much hope that we had for, for our futures, him especially. And... Um, I was I was very I was happy to see him legitimately happy. I was happy to see him start getting his shit together. I, I you know, you know, I mean, he started doing yard work. That was unheard of when we were kids. You know, my my dad has always worked very hard to maintain a nice home when when we were growing up outside always doing something, cutting the grass, weeding, planting flowers, you know, various building projects. Um, getting Jeff to help out in any of that aspect, I mean, you would have had, you would have had better luck pulling teeth from, from, you know, a lion or something like that, because he just was not interested in any kind of, anything like that, and it was like, I don't know, a week or two before everything happened, Melissa had, uh, posted a picture of Jeff raking leaves, <laughs> I almost put a put a, a smart ass comment on there um but i i was afraid I'd, i i would i it would have pissed him off so i 
I I elected not to, but it was something my dad and I talked about, you know, the the day that he passed away. Like, it was just a random thought, you know, just to kind of break up the silence there that was happening. And, uh, you know, we kind of got a chuckle out of that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff was doing yard work, man. I'm blown away right now. But, uh... You know, it was little things like that that you could see that he was really trying, he was really making an effort to try to, you know, to get things on track, to be that family man that he wanted to be. And, you know, he, it's, it's for him, you know, it certainly wasn't easy Um just it's not like you you turn the page of a book and all of a sudden you know you're this brand new person you know it takes time it takes adjustment it in some aspects it's it's a shock to the system you know he, but he started to realize that um you know anything that you want you're going to have to put time into you're going to have to work for it it's not just going to magically happen for you and he was starting to get to that point, you know. I I could tell just by, you know, talking to him on the phone. I mean, you could just hear it in, in his voice. And, um, you know, he lived a lot. He lived more than a few rough years. And he got himself into some pretty crazy situations. Um, some of which, you know, he was still paying for up you know as recently as you know weeks before he passed away and uh you know that's where a lot of, that's where a lot of my personal anger co comes into play you know and i'm certainly not going to jump on here and start you know broadcasting you know dirty laundry or anything like that or certainly call call anybody out but you know there are uh, there are there were people who uh, went to great lengths to make his last weeks months as 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 miserable as they possibly could uh, simply because they uh, you know jealousy is an ugly thing and and it you know it drives people to do crazy shit and that certainly was the case here. Um, but it, it, the more I think about it, the more, the more upset I get about it because knowing what we know now, you know, a lot of his time in the weeks leading up to, you know, what ultimately happened was spent being upset, angry, aggravated because p people don't know how to be adults um, they, they don't, they don't know how to be decent human beings and they will go to great lengths to demonstrate what pieces of shit they truly are. And, um, and it was, it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, another level of, of my anger comes in, you know, what in dealing with Jeff's motorcycle, you know, to I mean, today, I talked to Melissa. You know, I I I try I try to have contact with her every day. 
you know, just to kind of check in and see how she's doing, told me that that she had gotten a, yet another um, inquiry, you know, request about information in in the sale of Jeff's motorcycle, which has never been put up for sale. You know, the day that Jeff died, people were sending M- Melissa messages about whether the bike was for sale and how much we wanted for it. And I mean, are you, are you kidding me? Where's the respect? Where's the respect in all the, why is this even being brought up? Why is this a thing? Why is this something that she has to think about? Why is this something that I have to think about? Because I've gotten messages about it. The bike is not up for sale. It never has been. It probably won't be, and if and and if if there ever is a time where it is, it's going to be farther down the road, way further down the road. We've got other things. That is the last thing that is on any of our minds at this point. You know, things like this. People passing away will bring out the best in people and it will bring out the absolute worst in people and um the worst in people the worst of the people um yeah i, I got nothing for you i i i you know i don't hate you but i don't like you and i don't have no respect for you and if i don't have some level of of respect for people i do not bother wasting my time with them because life is too short. I would rather, I would much rather spend my time with the people that I know, love, and appreciate, and respect me. And if there's any question on whether I fit that criteria in people's lives, I do not have time for them. If you do not check off those criterias in my life, I have no time for you. Um... Our tomorrows are never guaranteed. And what's happened with Jeff is a grim reminder of that. You know, and uh, my brother was a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, to me, he was my best friend. He was, you know, he was the he was my constant. You know, I know, I knew that without a shadow of a doubt, Jeff had my back. Whether he necessarily agreed with it or not, he had my back. And, uh, you know, that went with the wrestling company, that went with life. You know, if I, he was one of my biggest cheerleaders when I started toying with the idea of doing a stage show for Klaus of the Heart, when I, uh, in fact, when when I booked the Fisher Hall in Frankenmuth, um, I, uh, he he was the first person I called, and I'm like, hey, I just uh, I just booked a venue to do a stage show, and. He was genuinely excited for me because he knew how much I wanted to do that. He knew how much or how important that was. And you know, in the in the couple of weeks leading up to to the day, 
you know, he would send me these little text messages. You getting nervous yet? You got your material down? Nervous yet? You know, just little things like that. And um, there's a picture of me, my brother, and Jim Burgett taken on stage after the show was over. And it's one of my new favorite pictures. Because after that picture was taken and Jim kind of... Uh, you know, walked away or went to go talk to somebody else. Jeff turned to me and told me how proud of me he was. And that meant so much because he took an interest in something that I was interested in that he didn't really have a say in one way or the other. You know, with the wrestling company, I always, you know, he and I you know, would bounce things off off of each other. He was part of the management team. So, I mean, he was embroiled in the inner workings of just about every aspect of, of the promotion. With Klaus of the Heart, you know, it's kind of me and me on my own for for the most part, but he was so proud of me. And and he made, made a point to tell me that. And... um there's been a couple of times, you know, that uh, I've picked up my phone and started texting him and then get halfway through it and realize what I was doing because it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem real. My brain just does not, will, just will not register that this is happening right now. But, uh, you know, some, some sort of reality kicks into play and then it reminds you that, yes, this is real and, yes, you are going through this whether you want to accept it or not. Fortunately, I've had a, uh, I've had a really strong support team knowing, you know, that they're waiting in the wings for when I'm ready to get to that point and I'm not quite there yet. Um, I don't want to have to re- I hate having to rely on people for anything. Um, but there, there have been few, very few that, uh, you know, just about every day I hear from, you know, just to kind of check in and see how everything's going. And, you know, I find myself doing the same thing, especially with my sister-in-law, um, you know, this is obviously a very, it's a very difficult uh, thing to go through. I, I have never in my life felt a heartbreak as strong as this one. Um, and then it's a constant struggle because I try not to be, you know, a downer in front of my kids, in front of my wife. You know, my wife is still... Um, you know, she's still mourning the loss of her dad, and that hasn't even reached the one-year mark yet. That comes next month. But, you know, what the crazy thing is is that the way her dad passed away and the way my brother passed away mirrored each other. And, uh, you know, so this is like a reoccurring nightmare happening for her too, you know. I try to keep all my emotions in check, um, until everybody goes to bed and then I come down here and I sit in my office or I'll go out in the garage, you know, just somewhere where I feel like I, you know, am not bothering anybody. They can't hear me or whatever. And, 
you know, just kind of try to process things the best I can. And there's a whole lot more mourning, you know, that that is there to be had. Um, and we are nowhere near out of the woods yet. You know, we're still, there's going to be anniversaries. There's going to be holidays. There's going to be benchmarks. There's going to be different things that are going to remind us that he's not here in person. Um, but I, I would like to think that, um, you know, he's going to make his presence known one way or another, you know, to those who meant the most to him. Um, I just, uh, man, losing my mom was, was very hard, but, uh, losing my brother is something on a totally different level. And it was, it's something that I never, in a million years, I never thought I would have had to deal with. And, uh, you know, the, but the silver lining is, you know, you saw firsthand just how important he was. You saw firsthand, uh, just how special he was to people and he would have got a kick out of that. Um, you got to see... Um, you know, just when things like this, you know, in, in, in light of a global pandemic and all the other bullshit going on in the world today, you know, people took time out of their own lives to express their sorrow, express their appreciation, their love, their condolences, their support and everything under the sun in, in dealing with losing Jeff. Um, you know, it, it's those who were closest to him, you know, we've got long roads ahead of us. Um, you know, it's going to take a long time to get acclimated to life without him physically here. You know, it's like, right. I've had several people ask me, Hey, when's the next MWO show? My, my, my immediate answer right now is there's not going to be one. Um, you know, aside from the the obligations that I agreed to prior to, um, you know, COVID-19 shutting down the whole world, um, I have no desire right now. And I'm sure that will change later on, you know, as I'm dealing with, with all of this, you know, as I'm personally trying to navigate through this. Um, I'm sure that might change somewhere down the line, but as I sit here right now recording this, I have no desire. I, I have no ambition to even think about running another wrestling show, and, and a lot of it is because I know my brother is not going to be there with me to do it. And uh, wrestling, professional wrestling, was the it was the glue that... Um, mended my brother and I's relationship and it had been such an important part of our childhood growing up and watching the, the WWF and the NWA and um, world class and you know and anything else that we could um, find as far as you know what was printed in magazines and in you know different videotapes that were being passed around traded and whatnot 
but as we got older and we got involved in the business ourselves, man, it, uh, you know, once he came back in, in 2001, um, it, uh, it took on a different meaning because it was, you know, that was for a lot of reasons, that was the center of our relationship. And it was something that he and I truly enjoyed you know, I, I, it, it's easy to sit here and look back and, and be sad on everything that I won't be able to do with him that we used to. You know, like uh, for us, going to see Hank Williams Jr. was a huge deal. That was a big thing for us. And we, he and I went together and seen Hank Jr. live over a dozen times. N- numerous WWE live events. Uh, pay-per-views, Raw, SmackDown, house shows. Um, just, you know, Detroit Tiger games, baseball games, football games. You know, and there was uh, one of my favorite memories in that, uh, you know, watch, watching football was he and I took our two boys, my son and his son, and uh, my son's cousin down to Ford Field, and we saw the Lions play uh, Jacksonville, and De- and Detroit came back and won that game, and uh, uh, that was such a fun day. And we, he, J- Jeff, and I actually talked about that, you know, not too long before all of this happened, and you know just how much fun that was, and how we were looking forward to the coronavirus. Thing be you know in our rearview mirror so we can start planning different things that, to take our kids to, and uh, you know I'm going to be sad that I'm not going to be able to do those things, but uh, I guess if there's silver lining, which I always strive to look for, um, my brother is not in pain anymore. Whereas he was in a lot of pain, more so than people probably knew about. Um, He doesn't have to worry about people trying to sabotage his happiness, his life. Um, He doesn't have to worry about anything anymore. And... uh, Selfishly, you know, I I want him back, whereas everybody else does that knew him, loved him. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult road ahead for sure. But uh, you know, this it's it's good to know that the family has such a strong support system with people who legitimately care and will do whatever they can to help at the drop of a hat. Whereas you have other ones who, you know, they they say those things as cliches. And when you do call upon them or you do give them a call to try to just kind of clear your head, you know, you realize real quick that they didn't mean what, you know, what they said oh i'll always be there for you you know i'll i'll call you in a couple days or you need anything you call me and i'll i'll you know i'll make it happen that that's great but 
you know, when it comes down to it and you, you go to rely on those people and they're not there, then you start to realize exactly where they fit in the grand scheme of things. And, uh, I guess the good thing is, is that for, um, you know, for our family, we, we know who, who's there, who really wholeheartedly joins us in this unpredictable and unfathomable journey that we're, that we're about to embark on, you know, one without Jeff Klaus, so... I will say that he was the best brother that I could have ever asked for, and he's going to be sorely missed, you know, by everybody who knew him and appreciated him. So that's kind of where we're at right now, and uh, I certainly thank you for taking time out of your day to to listen to this show, to uh, to support our family in any way that you have. And, um, I, w- I want to, um, mention Jason Triplehorn real quick. Jason was a, uh, Jason is a lifelong friend of my brothers. You know, they, um, they were like peanut butter and jelly for the longest time. I uh, just, uh, you know, Triplehorn was what was one of those names, man, that was, he was a constant in in our family, you know, because of the real of the friendship that he and Jeff had. And uh, when I and I have I hadn't talked to or had any kind of correspondence with Triple Horn for years, years and years. It's been it was a long time. And um, Jason took it upon himself to uh, to create this fundraiser where uh, donations would would benefit Melissa um and you know Jeff's family uh dealing you know dealing with the the unexpected expenses of you know the arrangements and 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 everything that comes into play um after somebody passes away and uh you know triple horn created this fundraiser and I, I I continuously blown away by every time I go to check on it and uh, you know just how much money people had donated and uh, I felt really weird about sharing it you know I and then I knew I needed to just to get the word out but it, it really felt weird to to share that fundraiser knowing that you know, a part of my family is is the ones on on the receiving end of that. And I didn't want people to think that we were just that I was just trying to milk this for what it was because you know you you get them people that think like that. Um, but uh, you know, I for those of you who who have donated to that fundraiser, thank you very much, and and to and to Jason Triplehorn, um. You know, you'll you'll never, he'll never know just how much appreciation we have for for him and his efforts to to do this for Melissa and and the family. So, I just wanted to uh, to, to say that as we close uh, the, this episode. So, with that, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and my family's heart for everything. Um, 
And uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out to listen to this. And uh, stay tuned to our social media accounts for updates as far as new content, either here on the podcast or on YouTube. So with that, um, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will see you next time on Claws to the Heart.